Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, the fourth episode of Moon Knight. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And as mentioned, we are going to be talking about the fourth episode, which is now live on Disney Plus. So if you haven't watched it, go check it out. We are going to spoil it, starting with this very brief recap right now. Now oh, that very Layla, brief, very brief. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll just see. give a broad overview. And then we'll jump into specific moments and things. But Layla and Stephen are in Egypt. They've managed to track down the tomb of Amit. And basically what we get over the course of this episode is them going through the tomb, exploring the tomb, trying to find out where the voice of Amit is before Harrow does. Unfortunately, they're not successful. Stephen gets shot and ends up in a weird, insane asylum where he's being meeting all of the characters and being interviewed before we end up at the end of the episode with both Stephen and Mark together confronting a hippo god. So that's going on. Pete, it looks like you have a question right here. Well, at the I was the just, podcast. I, Mark Moon is Knight, there too. Mark is, is there too. You you said in the beginning it was just Steven and, you know, oh, like Mark's in there too. You know what that I mean? That was like, real let's Mark not... erasure is what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. I mean, he's a part of the package, so let's not exclude him. Yes. Part of the package. I mean, the whole point of this is sort of like a Mark erasure. Really? Oh, Isn't wow. It? Oh, come on, man. So uh, let's start off with a broad critical thing here first, because we are in episode four out of six. And I'm curious uh, not to put you on the spot, but Justin, am I wrong in saying this was your least favorite episode so far? Wait, what? Um, no. It's a little, it's getting a little wobbly. And I, I feel like I was a huge, this series started so strong. And then now we're spinning into a little bit of... Um, this was an insane episode. This was like, there was so many holy shit moments. Like, the action, the intent, that fucking creepy-ass mummy coming to life. I mean, come on! Alexander the Great? Yeah! My yeah. namesake? Yes, oh, Alex. Oh. That must have been... That must have been so nice to feel so seen in this episode. <laughs> Here's the funny thing about it. This is my fun historical fact is the name. So I'm Jewish. I don't know if I've told you guys that yet. Uh, but the news, news to me. <laughs> <laughs> but the name Alexander isn't native to Jews. It's not a Jewish name. However, the Jews who lived under Alexander the Great's rule loved him so much that they adopted the name Alexander. So oh. kind of by default, it's a Jewish name. That's the reason it isn't naturally that way. Wow. So this is truly your namesake. Here. Pretty much, yeah. There you go. I don't know. So I don't feel good it's the first time that. I saw myself on screen. It makes sense. <laughs> now it finally tracks why we've been calling you Alex the not so great. Uh, uh, it finally, it finally uh, makes sense that this is right. Not and you guys know I've definitely talked about this on the podcast before. If you reach down my throat, you're going to find a statue down there. 
Oh, man, I'm so... I've gotten That's so close. That's why you love those Funko Pops so much. Mm-hmm. I keep yeah. swallowing them. Yeah. When I when I see you sleeping, I can just barely make out the statue. Yeah, it just kind of sticks out like, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to do the claw machine thing. <laughs> to be fair, it's one of those weird Sour Patch Kid Funko Pops that they sell for some reason. It's oh, not one of like the cool characters or anything like that. Still, yeah. still fun. Still, I'm fun. still gonna get it out of your gut, Alex. <laughs> right. I don't care if you're saying it's lame. I want yeah. it. And it's so, Pete, it sounds like though, far, you like this episode. Are you? Was this oh your my. favorite one so far? Yes, it was. It was. Bananas exciting. I mean, just like the whole like uh, uh, once she started walking along the wall and the intensity was through the roof, I I was on the edge of my seat. I mean, when she got grabbed, I jumped. I straight up jumped. Uh, I said, holy shit out loud a, a bunch of times in a row during that whole thing. Just like the, the discovery of the Alexander Great's tomb, like the whole kind of like way we were brought in and the fact that like Stephen is kind of us in this moment, like losing his ship being like, this is crazy cool. You know, like uh, I really thought that it just kind of turned into a fun kind of amusement park, kind of a popcorn type of excitement for a second. Not what I'm here for, but man, what a fun episode to throw on number four. Uh, well, and you got to love some romance here too, Pete. Um, this is like, uh, the punch surreal. in the face after he kissed her was, I ah, come on. That was fun. Classic just, Jim Carrey move. Yeah. That's what, what it felt uh, like. It felt like a Jim Carrey, like liar, liar type thing of punching oh, yourself uh, in the yeah. face. You know? Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the pen is he, blue. Uh, here's the thing for me. I feel like what I liked about the first three episodes was it was we had this fun premise and they were coming at it from like some strong points of view. And here we get like the thing of them being him being shot. It's like like as if he's dead. I just don't like when we get into the phase of the storytelling where it's like, look, this stuff happened. Can you believe it? He died. This that. And I'm like, no, he didn't. I already know that that's not what's the happening. Come on, the um, slow here. motion fall into and, the water. That was awesome, man. Yeah, I want to hit the halfway point, but. Between both of you guys, if that's okay, because I do agree with Pete, there were some really fun, great sequences. Yeah. Thank here. you, All Alex. The, the regular stuff was great, but I also <laughs> agree with Justin that this was the wobbliest episode so far. And I'll point to that specifically: the whole tomb raiding sequence did not move fast enough. Like there was, oh, there was not. If you're going to call on, and we've talked about this over the past couple of episodes as well, if you're going to call on Indiana Jones, if you're going to call on the mummy, the two pillars of this particular genre of Western pop culture. That was also another pillar, Uncharted, the Mm, uh, Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider movie. Uh-huh. Those are the, like lost, the, the, the Lost City, the now lost in theaters. City, yeah. Sonic <laughs> 2. <laughs> Sonic 2. Yeah. Just, just go just see na- movies, now you're guys. Just, now you're just <laughs> naming <laughs> shit. Now Secrets just of Dumbledore. Oh uh, anyway, uh, my point being, like, these movies move pretty quickly. They're zippy, they're fun. And there was something about the pace in the Tomb Raiding sequences that wasn't going quite fast enough for me. For you, was, maybe. Mm. I was clutching yes, my pearls the whole me, time. the person who is talking and offering my criticism right now. Not for you, the person who is responding to it. That's how discussions work. That's wow. Big lesson, big drop for Pete here. Um, but wait, I, I did want to mention one other thing. The thing that also felt to the wobbliness, which I think you touched on before, Justin, is the 
last 10 minutes of the episode where he's thrown into the insane asylum is straight out of the Jeff Lemire run on the book. And I love that run. I think all three of us love that run on the book. Visually, it's the same sort of thing. The way that it's set up is the same with everybody he knows is there. Is it real? Is it not? But this, to my mind, first of all, was way too late in the run to be doing this. When we've already clearly right. established oh. that all of this is really happening, he is not crazy. This so is... you don't like creative choices, okay? No, interesting. No, no. And here's the thing: it also it was too much of the episode. Like if you have a stinger at the end yeah. of the episode where he wakes up in the same salon, then I'll uh, be like, "Oh, on. okay, looking forward to the next episode when you concentrate on that." They revise my opinion next episode, but as is, it felt like they stuck another ten minute episode on the end of this episode. Thank you, Alexander the Pretty Deece, um, because I hate this. I hate all of oh, you don't like this? No, I'm not having a great time, but go ahead. Oh, you started it. You brought it up. I said Alexander the Great at my namesake, and then you guys started bashing me down. Well, it's hard when I, you serve it up. It's like, you should is, deport yeah. our content difference between me waking life and me oh, dreams. He's, 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 um, he's associating. I feel like calling you Pretty Deece is like, that's a compliment. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the nicest compliment. Yeah, oh, you're pretty decent. That I, that's a, that's <laughs> the highest level of compliment you can give me? I'm pretty okay. decent. Oh, okay. wow. wow, this is going great. Hey, um, J- hey Justin, you're like 10% <laughs> above average. <laughs> Accurate. Thank you. Accurate. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Um, let me throw out, because I agree with you on um, almost everything you're saying. And I nope. think what what was good about this uh, show is it felt like this show was the one that, um, at least at the start, was like going to pay off a lot of the success that was applied to the early MCU, where it's like going to put lay a genre on uh, a television show and have it be this Indiana Jones mummy thing with the the superhero just like powering through that sort of homage genre thing. And I'm like, great. Uh, but like a lot of the more modern, like the Marvel TV shows, it, it's a little overstuffed. There's too much going on. And then when we tack on the hospital stuff here, I'm like, oh, man, how are they ever going to get through all this? Like Hawkeye. There was so much uh, happening by in the last couple of episodes of Hawkeye. Okay. Okay. It's a show that I liked also. And I do like this show, too. But it's just like you have it, guys. Don't panic and throw first, the, first- everything in the soup. Keep the soup to the soup. It seems like you guys are putting stuff on the show instead of letting the show be itself. Yeah, sure, there are other things that came before it that might have similarities, but this is different. This is something different in a similar situation, uh, I think, is done well and taking creative swings and making twists and turns that might be kind of you know, quote unquote, wobbly to you well-balanced people. Uh, But I think that living the wobbly lifestyle is fine and creatively keeps you on your toes. So go after yourself, man. I don't know why you're shitting on something that is really just trying to be its own thing. And uh, I think is doing a great job. I'm buckled up and enjoying the fuck out of this ride. Hashtag wobbly life. Hashtag living the wobbly life. Hashtag uh, Pete wobbles, but he don't fall down. That's right. I like you repping the wobbly life here. It's a really um, just strong keep place. Keep it at 100. Well, why don't uh, we get into the episode? We've already touched on a yes. bunch of the different aspects here. But uh, we mentioned briefly the love triangle that's going on, and I think it's worth talking about that more because we've talked about oh. it previously oh. on the podcast. Oh. But the setup is that clearly 
Layla seems to be forming a bond with Steven. She's already yep. fighting with Mark. Mark's I mean, like, don't honesty. you touch my wife. Don't you stay away from my wife. And then ultimately, like we said, they end up kissing. Uh, Pete, a rom-com expert here. How did this play out for you? Well, first off, it's it's nice because it's playing with the tropes a little bit, which I enjoy as someone who watches a lot of rom-coms. But also the fact that she craves honesty so much because he's trying to protect her and keep her away from this giant evil god uh, that could really destroy her life. So it's like this thing of like as soon as Steven is around, he can't take it like Two seconds in, he tells her, like, listen, he's trying to protect you from Kanshu. Somebody had to let you know. Like, uh, but it was it was messed up. The fact that, like, even when Mark was like, yo, man, don't kiss my wife. And he did after that uh, yeah. crazy emotional roller coaster and fun kind of playing with this kind of like, is it really cheating? Uh, you know, when it's a split personality type of interesting. Uh, idea. Yes, I would cite uh, me, myself, and Irene from the Jim Carrey oh, yeah, canon that's, as well. That's true. I feel like that's true. we're right here. Maybe I, I that's recognize the real... that. I recognize that as uh, yeah, evidence. Yep. Um, I mean, I I do like the romance aspects uh, here. Uh, I just don't know how. And I actually like that Stephen um, and Layla have bonded over uh, just archaeology, just straight yeah. up knowing stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which is fun. And what did you think at the beginning, this plan for the the way that they escape the um, uh, the attackers, where she lights a flare and that blows up the bullets? Was that a dumb, smart plan or a smart, dumb plan? Well, I got to say the use of flares in this episode just lets you know, you know, it's not just for the side of the road. You know, I mean, those fl- flares can get you out of a lot of trouble. Okay, you're being chased yeah. by a mom, uh, uh, mummy zombie type you thing. You were about to say a mommy, weren't you? <laughs> chased no. by a mommy? Chased by a mommy? Use a flare. Chased by a mommy, the Pete LePage story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get use flares to get out of all sorts of scrapes. Smart. Smart. Caught, caught I texting like the scene, at work. And I, I like the scene because they are doing a good job building up Layla. I feel like... We know what we're getting into with Oscar Isaac. He already has a built-in fan base. We've seen him a lot on the show. Layla wasn't really introduced until the second episode, so they need to do a little more work to build her up as a badass, and I think they have put in that work completely, particularly by this episode. So that was a really fun sequence, and it was well-filmed and uh, a little tricky with how she was deploying those flares. I thought it was fun. I was just a little disappointed that nobody was going to rescue Kanchu after he clearly, like, his last words were like, hey, have Mark rescue me. I mean, they went in the opposite direction of Kanchu and kind of went on this whole other thing, uh, which was, to me, was the only part that I was a little kind of, like, upset about. Kanchu's on the wall. It's going to be hard to get one of those other guys. a good thing to bring up because we saw this a little bit at the last episode. We're picking up here where Moon Knight isn't there, you know, like there is no yeah. moon night because Kanshu has been uh statued or whatever we're calling yeah, it. Put it on the wall. So one thing, even though I was not the biggest fan of this episode, I do like how they are structuring this series. Like we talked about before with each episode hitting this character, whatever we want to call him, Mart Spector, Stephen Grant, whatever the third thing might be, uh, in different mm-hmm. ways. And here it is on the Mark and Stephen relationship, like we talked about with Layla in the middle, but it takes away the Moon Knight element so we can more squarely focus on that. Oh. And presumably, just to throw into like a theory thing a little bit, I think the whole idea of him dying, going to this insane asylum world, etc., is going to be a way for him to be able to access those Moon Knight powers without Conchu. 
Yeah, I I agree with you there. But Um, also, just one other thing that this episode answered and revealed is why Kanchu was so small, because it was like you turned into the statue. Why that size? It was kind of driving me nuts. But then when you saw it in the wall with the other ones, I was like, okay, now it makes sense. Mm -hmm. His wall Mm. of Funko Pops. That's right. Exactly. His collection. Yeah, Yeah, you don't want to have a big statue in the mess. This is a true fact, actually. I know we've been talking about Funko Pops, but the way that they make them is they trap gods into those little figures. Oh, yeah. That's why they were so expensive. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. All those poor actors have gave a little piece of their soul to every Funko Pop. That's why everyone that's thinks yeah. Funko is fun. It's like, no, mm-hmm. it's actually sort of a dark tale. Yeah. So yeah. release your, your Funkos. Most Smash bright them. things are. Chris Evans was all into it, though. He was like, big eyes, no mouth. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know where I was going with that <laughs> Shots fired, I guess uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my long-standing beef with Chris Evans yeah, Is raised his head again uh, Yeah I, I kind of well, come out of nowhere with that one I mean, it seems like When, listen, you're, listen. At, when, you're, ni- when your nickname is Alexander the Beefing It makes sense I mean, there you, go. you know, that poor guy does a great cameo And a free guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't have to do that It was funny I, I guess, what? to be honest, it was when I was runner-up for people's sexiest man alive. I got pretty pissed about that. Yeah. I was this yeah. close, and then my PR reps messed it up. Alex, not the sexy. Oh, <laughs> the, the PR reps messed it up? Uh, in what way? They just didn't, didn't get the press release out in time? I can't. So There's a, a lot of logistical error. Yeah, yeah sure. It seems we've gone adrift. <laughs> oh, have uh, and we? It, NDA meaning no dice, Alex. <laughs> uh, yep. Now, the, let me talk about a much more important point. The real lesson of this show is just how many reflective surfaces there are around you. That's right. You don't even think about it. Think you could look oh. in the mirror all over to having a chat. It's wild. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought you were going to bring up that the lesson is it's very easy to draw gorgeous designs in sand. Because oh when he God. drew that eye of Every there, time. Like, it was perfect. Legit. I looked at that being like, wait, was that already there? How did because you can't do that in sad. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. Maybe that's his whole power. That's uh, exactly that's the Steven move. Yes. Uh, Do you want to talk Harrow? Um, And we get some revelations here. Um, We see. uh, Let me just say Ethan Hawke's going to go full croc by the end of this. Oh, man. He's going to get crocked. He's going to get you can't put glass and Crocs, though, can you? Because then it just pushes into the plastic and it doesn't. You're right. I, yeah. You think he's going to be I'm a Croc and Crocs? The ultimate expression? <laughs> There's no. My, he's got to get glass in there somehow. Um, you can the, get crack, glass and Crocs. Yeah. No, I'm just saying eventually Honestly, steps it goes into the glass. Sometimes I take a step back and listen. I'm like, I don't think what we're saying makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> you can get glass and Crocs. And I'm like, like what? <laughs> I don't even know what all this means. And I started this conversation. Yeah, let's argue about this. This seems like a good use of my time. Uh, but no, Harrow, Harrow gets in the middle um, and finally pa- basically powers down Mark, defeats Mark by revealing his secret that he um, was there when Layla's dad was killed. Oh, yeah, that was heartbreaking, man. I mean, Ethan Hawke's character is really doing an impressive job of being that villain that's ahead of things and, like, maneuvering and kind of, like, making things happen. Like, it's pretty impressive. Like, every time, like, even the reveal of him, like, uh, when she was across that kind of, like, uh, obstacle course she she had. Yeah, the chasm, great things. Uh, 
that was so creepy and well done. And it was just, I'm really impressed by the Ethan Hawke villainous of this. Um, and even his like being able to talk to him and be like, yeah, it's weird without the voice. Right. Like just cuts right through yeah. things, you know, like, Oh, well, and the way he plays it, which is hard, I think, he's equally invested in his plan to take over the world and this little petty drama playing out. He's just <laughs> like, oh, well, you know what I heard? It's just like, how is he the supervillain? And he's like this catty dude. Uh, Master of all. Yeah. The other thing, though, is it doesn't really actually seem to have much of an effect other than Layla being a little annoyed at Steven for a while, maybe delaying him, I don't know, 30 seconds, a minute top, something like that. So I do well, wonder, I, mean, I, I think this is going to play out more. We're going to see more happen with this over the course of the episodes. Um, I did like the, how that sequence was shot. It was a little silly to turn it into a video game platformer with her jumping from like those different platforms of the chasm. But yeah. having Harrow on one side of the cave and Layla on the other i think made for a very cool visual which i enjoyed yeah yeah and even though there was this like space between them it, he was still like right in her grill and mm-hmm. like messing with and it, like she couldn't walk away i was like just keep walking you don't have to listen to this crazy guy just keep walking but like he pulled her back like it was uh he's a, a creepy creepy uh a villain yeah. Speaking of which, why don't we talk about the last section, though, in the yeah. asylum, because we do get to see a very different Harrow there. I was very curious how they tucked up his long hair. Did they put it beneath a hat yes. or was it a wig or what was going a on? A bun. There? Maybe mm-hmm. a bun. Oh, maybe it was a, a bun. bun head. But we do see a lot of stuff in there. Even though I was a little iffy on the sequence as a whole, I thought the way that they executed it was very cool because you saw all of these bit characters that we've seen previously on the series. You see cupcakes on a cart calling back to the cupcake truck from the previous episodes. There's a drawing of Khonshu in there. You see an action figure of Moon Knight. Layla even was eating the same candy that she ate at the beginning of the last episode. So there are all these like fun little Easter eggs and details throughout there. And was statue man there? Was it living uh, statue? Oh, we haven't really talked about this, but they revealed that Statue Man is actually Crawley, who is, I don't think he is from Jeff Lemire's run, but he's in Jeff Lemire's run, and is somebody who gives information <coughs> to Moon Knight. Uh, right. So they just gave him a different different look by turning him into a gold statue, but that's kind of why Stephen is t- uh, talking to him the entire time, mm-hmm. which is fine. That's great. He doesn't give a lot of information. He just listens. Mm-hmm. There you go. So I don't know if he was in there, but there were definitely a bunch of the other characters that have shown up throughout the run were in there, which was pretty cool. Um, What did you, again, Justin, I know you were not the biggest fan of it, but what did you like about the sequence? I mean, I do think there's some cool elements here, especially it flies off the rails pretty quickly. And rather than just sitting in it with the, uh, where we land with the hippo God showing up with the fun. Hello. Yeah. Um, I mean, adorable. Yeah. How can you run away from that? That's pretty scary. Hippos are very, well, adorable, quite scary. That's Mm -hmm. true, but, you know. So real quick on her while we're mentioning her, I think this is Tawaret, which is a Egyptian hippo god. Um, So I do wonder how she potentially is going to tie into this. Is she going to give them powers? Is she just there also? Uh, One of the functions of the Jeff Lemire run is that you don't actually know where he is or what's going on. Maybe he's in an insane asylum. Maybe he's in the afterlife. Maybe he's in the place where all the gods hang out. Um, I actually don't remember how it turns out at the end there or whether they'll head in that direction in 
the show, but I do believe uh, they'll probably be playing with that in some way. What's up, Pete? Well, as we all know, when Wolverine dies, he has to fight his way out of hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, This could be like Mm -hmm. his own personal kind of hell that he has to fight his way out every time he dies or something. Yeah. Uh, And the other big question here, though, is you got Mark and Steven. We have once again, they just see a third sarcophagus rocking and they don't come a knocking to check out. Yeah. Who is in there? Uh, just come on, do it. I know that it's a little annoying, but the fact that like they have no questions about it is weird to me. Well, it, you're saying that's the third voice in the head. That's the third voice, and they already in a previous episode were like, well, it's like there's a third person in here. Well, let's never talk about that again. But here's my question. Yeah. Uh, in the comics, in the comics, the third person is uh, Jake Lockley, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like sort of a bare knuckle uh, guy, like fighter, like a little more aggressive um, right. than than the other two. But why? I, that's why maybe the coffin was rocking so much. Yeah. Don't we sort of have that with Mark? Like, what is a third no, person no, no, who, okay, goes, well, who well, goes a little harder? No, no, What no, is no, that no. going to add? Okay, come on, come on. No, no, this is just the difference between, like, 007 and The Rock. You know what I mean? Like, there are some occasions where you need the stealth and the kind of like, hey, I'm going to kind of use some gadgets. And then you need a force to kind of like bulldoze the situation and kind of go mm-hmm. in uh, like a hippo, if you will, and just kind of like destroy some things. Mm. I didn't see the but most recent Bond movie um, where Rock, the, the Rock comes in. Does he pop in and just like. No, I'm stuff? talking about Hobbs and Shaw's that mm. classic, you know, stealth versus, you know. Uh, just kind of barreling through things. Is there a sort of wormy British archaeologist in Hobbs and Shaw? Uh, no, no, there isn't. There's a sister, though. So yeah. you're saying maybe having all these things in one television show might be a little bit chaotic, is what you might be saying. Uh, no, I'm Team Wobbly 24-7. <laughs> I love the brand. Uh, yeah. All I'm saying is... I- I'm curious how a show that I'm worried is getting overstuffed is going to be like, all right, here comes a whole nother guy who's even more intense than the others. But you're not bringing into account that Oscar Isaac's probably going to do another hilarious accent. And And that's pretty cool. I love Oscar Isaac and he's great in the show. The performance is all great. I'm being more negative than perhaps I feel, but... Um, no, I agree with you. When I've thought about it, if it is Jake Lockley or whatever this third personality is, you're absolutely right that it's got to be more extreme somehow. And the more extreme is either he's going to be like, hey, I'm a tough New Yorker, which is going to be hilarious, or it's just yeah. going to be him like growling and frothing at the mouth and murdering people. And either way, I'm sure we're, it'll we're work. winning. We'll figure out. A- yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. There we're we're winning. Either way, we're winning. Well, and that's what my sort of earlier theory when we were watching is that the th- the third personality is a little like Khonshu or more like more of a Khonshu acolyte that can take control. And that's the thing that Harrow was like, hey, I can't exist if I'm literally just a, a puppet that you take over when you need to be convenient. Yeah, maybe because, like, we saw, We saw, yeah, or something like that. We saw in the earlier episodes when murder had to happen and Mark wasn't wanting to murder this third personality emerged. So it is definitely the most dangerous. I feel like that's going to play into what drove Harrow to reject Khonshu. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. And I think we're going to delve more into that the next episode, though. Also, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? It should be interesting to watch. That's fun. Yeah, it's fun when you don't know. Uh, I also, quick shout out, 
I liked the old TV show, the Tomb Buster film. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. The Dr. Stephen Grant adventure. That was pretty cute. Uh, Harrow interviewing him in the office was also pretty cool. That was another place where there were a lot of Easter eggs around there, things from throughout the show. It got real so, meta and weird for a second, though. It, yes, it got very meta. Wait, how, Pete? When he was, like, talking about, he's like, yeah, the production value, am I right? And I was just kind of like, I think you guys are... Have pretty high production value. Are you making fun? You know, you're, oh, you're talking about the other show. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, so it wasn't actually meta. You just thought it was meta. For a couple of seconds, yeah. I got a little worried. Yeah. Mm, yes. Meta no, worried. you're usually not allowed to do that in shows is just kind of riff and make fun of the show you're on. Unless it's like SNL. Or, <laughs> or Doom talking? Patrol. <laughs> or this show. Yeah, there you go. Any other moments from the episode that you guys want to call out in particular? Um, just once I would like to see and when you get into um, a, a situation where your characters are on the edge of a deep chasm and they drop the flare down just mm-hmm. once I want to see it drop and then quickly land at the bottom so they can be like <laughs> oh it's not that bad every time that happens I'm like you're wasting a flare you know yeah. this is a bottom what are you going to discover here yeah uh, it's deep no you don't <laughs> fall in it you're like i could fall in that i oh, always sick. want the I bottom's always, right there i could just jump in and break both my legs i always want the flare to come flying back out and someone just be like hey keep your shit on your side of the hole <laughs> we <What>? like it dark <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> oh we get a flares thrown down here how would you like it it's nighttime for us <laughs> And the only other question I had is um, when they open up the mummy wrap, do you think that stinks? Do you think oh, it smells yeah. bad? Yeah, oh, it's got it. For Alexander the Great, absolutely. I did think when he was jamming his hand down there, he was treating it like it was juicy. And I don't think it would be juicy. I feel like it would be mm. dry. I think and crumbly, he was, you know? I think it was because those teeth were dragging on his skin mm, as he yeah. had to go deeper. Yeah. That was I'm just not saying like, it's a good feeling, but just the okay. way that Oscar Isaac played with was like it was wet and slimy in there. And I'm sure he'll ta- he'll he'll get that those notes from you. So yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Well <laughs> the people don't know this actually, but we send our podcast off to Oscar Isaac. He listens to it at the directly. Day. Redo the they show. adjust. They adjust. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, post. Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Before we wrap up here, let's go to the vision board and talk about what we want to see in the next episode. Pete, what's on your vision board for episode five? Um, somebody's got to go to the conchu wall and release the conchu. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to see this guy's collection of statues on the wall anymore. I, I want to see some uh, uh, gods getting free. Yeah, Justin. What about you? What's on your vision board? I sort of talked about it a little bit, but I'm I want to see uh, this the the hippo god and all of that stuff just come back around to speak to a lot of the stuff that we already have on the board here, and not expand out into some other bigger whole board. Thing. No, you're going to need I'm a ready. bigger board. I mean, I'll just throw out there that maybe this is similar to what you were saying, Justin, but I feel like at the beginning of the episode, I want to move on from is this real or not? Because I feel like we know, we know the answer to what's going on here. So just, you could throw, to Pete's point, you could throw in more trippy stuff. You could shake it up a little bit more. I'm okay with that. But I don't yeah. want them to play coy with is he crazy or not? Because we know he's not crazy. And also, yeah. for the love of God, just show us the third personality. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired of Marvel playing these games with me. Okay? No, you're not. You, yeah. you, you love no, it so I mean, much you're doing a podcast. You're right. Exactly. Right. 
I mean, you're Alexander. You're Alexander the Juicy. Alexander the podcast. <laughs> if you would like to support me, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Moon Knight, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show. At Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. And stay wobbly. Yeah.